question for you. Uh, do you do your feet like fit into shoes? <laughs> Are we doing the shoe conversation again? <laughs> Have we already done this? Because I feel like I feel like I've had a conversation like this recently, and it was probably with yeah. You. We did this like my. We did this on the uh, the best of the year list episode. Oh. We talked about. How my my left foot is uh That's right, your left bigger foot's bigger. My, right foot. my left foot uh is like bruised on the side. And I don't I don't know what what's up with that. I, I did someone kick you? No, I just worked yesterday and my body is anti work. So it's probably just oh. you know I I've gotta wear different shoes for work. Um with that uh, are you a shoe person or are you not a shoe person? I own like ten pairs of shoes. D- okay, see that's a lot more pairs of shoes than I am. But but when I say are you a shoe person, are you wearing shoes right now? I am. Okay, see so, so you're you're a wear shoes around the house. When you get up, you get out of bed, you put on some shoes, and then you live your life until such time as you go to bed and you take off your shoes sort of guy uh i I can be it 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 really depends on my mood because some days it's like just socks i I will wear socks today i don't want to put on shoes i will avoid going outside to avoid putting on (laughs) shoes okay And, and but then once i do put on shoes to go outside then i tend not to take them off okay yeah I get that. I'm I'm sort of in the same boat. I am I'm a shoe person. My wife is not. And she's got like three times the number of shoes as I do, which is still a very small <laughs> number because I've got like two or three right. pairs of shoes and that's it. Um But yeah, no, it's So she's got about as many shoes as I do. Yeah. Yeah. But she like she com- I have she comes in she immediately kicks off her shoes and and will not wear them and like if if it's a day off she doesn't wear shoes like she she wears shoes when we stream because we don't want to be on wiki feet but that's about it <laughs> right like uh, I I I am still when when I buy shoes I'm still in the mindset of like a high schooler so. I have a pair of, like, blue-gray Converse All-Stars. Um, I have two pairs of Vans. One is, like, a checkerboard rainbow pattern, and one is, like, a, a deep red. Um, I have a pair of cowboy boots that have a, a red, uh, whatever, the foot, leg sleeve, whatever the fuck you call that part. Yeah. It, it's really striking. I, I wear the boots so that they're they're over my jeans so that I can show off the red. Yeah. Um, I have the sneakers that I'm wearing right now, which are like mainly black, but they have a, like trimmings of red, so they look really cool. Um, I have a pair of sandals. That I mean, I mean they're sandals. Yeah. They're okay. I wear them when I don't want to put on socks. Or when I'm going to a beach or yeah, something. I, I got some boat shoes for that purpose, and they are awesome. Ooh, I, I wish I had a pair of boat shoes right now, but mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, they're uh, nice. I got a I got a pair of black boots. They go up like above the ankle. They're like they're not cowboy boots, but they're boots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a pair of blue high tops, which are basically boots, but I, I think they're different. They're considered different. 
Okay. Um, and then and then finally, I have my black work boots that have steel steel toes in them. Yeah. I could I could see myself if I had the money and more of an inclination becoming a sneakerhead. Like I, <laughs> I I look at at that and I'm like, man, I could do that. That I could I could become a sneakerhead definitely, like, but they're just so <laughs> it would fucking be great. expensive. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. how that is. But oh well. So, anyways, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point. We are in year. Well, I guess we're not in year two of it because we haven't hit episode fifty three. But we're in season two. Of glowing week. This point. is the second year in, in that we've been doing. We Correct. started in 2021. Yes, and it's now 2022. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, I am your host, as always, John, and with me, my co-host, as always, Wombat. Wombat. <laughs> You're hitting that real hard with the H that isn't there, like white. <laughs> So, uh, Wombat, what's your glowing weak point? Whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> wow, whipped cream is your glowing weak point? <laughs> no. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the Matrix Resurrections here. Ooh! Uh, the Matrix Resurrections is a really fucking cool movie about not wanting to make the movie you're making. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> It it it, t- it brings a whole bunch of characters back from the old old movies, and then just says like, "But what if they weren't?" Like, uh, apparently that there's a character that shows up at one point, like during a fight, and, and he's just screaming the whole time unintelligibly. Apparently, people have picked up on what he's screaming about, and it's mostly just about social media and shit. <laughs> but I could not understand a word he was saying. <laughs> okay. While watching the movie, and apparently this is a character called the Merovingian or Merovingian or whatever. Yeah. From from I don't remember one. him at all. Oh, is he? Yeah. But pretty sure. Here he's like a raving homeless man who shows up with a whole bunch of dudes that like Neo and his friends fight, and then he runs off being unfought. Yeah, Lambert Wilson was the actor who played him, sometimes called the Frenchman. The Frenchman. Yeah, yeah. I, I barely remember the second movie existing, so that probably <laughs> plays into it. Yeah, he was in Reloaded and Revolutions. Um, and, and then like they have Agent Smith. Agent Smith is there, but he's not played by Hugo Weaving. I thought they were gonna have him <sighs> transform into Hugo Weaving at one point. No, it's it, it it works though because the new actor is like kind of Agent Smithy but also not Agent Smithy. And it works because it, it, in the climax of the movie, Smith is actually helping Neo. Because okay. for just a single moment, for just a single moment, their uh, goals intertwine. Okay. It, it's it's cool. I, I, like, I like the new Agent Smith. Hmm. Uh, and apparently Hugo Weaving would have returned, but he was, like, doing a play at the same time, so whatever um and then and then morpheus the real morpheus like lawrence fishburne is dead but there's a new morpheus who's like 
designed by Neo, like, kind of subconsciously, I think. And he's a combination of, like, how Neo remembers Morpheus and also how Neo remembers Agent Smith. Oh. Interesting. (laughs) But, But he's able to meet, like, one of the secondary characters and kind of lean more towards the Morpheus side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, you know, for a long time, people have been saying that, like, the, the Matrix is a trans allegory. Um, and this one, this one is Lana Wachowski saying, yes, they are right. It is a trans allegory. Okay. Um, throughout the movie, uh, Trinity and Neo are both trapped inside of a new Matrix. Yeah. Um, and... Trinity is called Tiffany in the in the Matrix. Like constantly, everybody calls her Tiffany, and it's it's alluded to a couple of times that she doesn't really like to be called Tiffany. And in the climax of the movie, she's about to go off with her fake husband because like shit is insane and she doesn't really understand what's going on because she's still kind of trapped there. Mm-hmm. But as she's being, like, kind of dragged out by her fake husband, he calls her Tiff. And she just loses her shit. Just like, do not call me that name ever again. I hate that name. And then she goes over to Neo's side. You know, the side that calls her Trinity. The name that she wants to be called. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's a way to make it very explicit. Yes. That works. (laughs) <laughs> stop calling people by their dead names yeah now i will say that the action isn't as good in the matrix resurrections mm-hmm. which is kind of sad because the matrix is all about yeah, the action that is the matrix yeah yeah and, and that's kind of what i mean by by like it's a movie that doesn't want to be made nobody wants to be making this movie because they're they're definitely like the parts of the the matrix that interest the filmmakers are clearly like the the political and philosophical implications of everything. Yeah, and that's and that is interesting, but it's not why people go to see most movies, especially not the matrix. Right. Yeah. So so it is a little disappointing on that front. But overall, I think it was a really good movie and they should never make another one. <laughs> they will. I, I I fucking hope not. <laughs> uh, all right, well, so John, what's your glowing weak point? I I have purchased a whole bunch of stuff off of Amazon this week, and uh, I've been doing that too, uh, mostly with CDs. They're they're all tiny little things. Like I'm 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 spending not a whole lot of money, um, but just picking up after myself with these things so like uh i used to have two sets of portable chopsticks and then i don't remember whether it was myself or my wife lost them at work one set of them at work so i bought another one of them i found one finally aren't Um, all chopsticks technically portable they're kind of small these uh unscrew in half so like they okay yeah uh and, and chopsticks are long like they're, yeah they're hard but to i mean you can stick them in a pocket yeah well, mm, 
You're gonna snap. Him. <laughs> You're gonna snap him right there. Um, I mean, maybe with the way you move around. Uh, yeah, I am flexible and limber. <laughs> uh, Are you? <laughs> I got a bunch of little little binto pieces, bits and bobs, little plastic thingies, little silicone cups, and fun things. And uh, uh, I, I also like I had a book. I have the series that I'm collecting of books. I've read almost all of them. I got three, four, four new ones for Christmas that I hadn't read yet. Um, and there's one more still being written that I've I've got on like back order. And yeah. I have all of these. They're they're all fantasy novels. I have all of them from the same publisher, except for one. One of them I had from another publisher, and it's a different size of book, and it's different cover art. Oh no! And no, it it, it looks visibly out of place with everything else. That's the worst. Yes. So this week I oh. I bought the right one on <laughs> on Amazon and got it delivered, <laughs> and I just replaced them, <laughs> and it works great. It looks beautiful. That's that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And then the the last little thing I'll mention cuz my glowing weak point is 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 very just small things that added up together. Uh I got the third Sword Art Online progressive book and I have read through all of them now. Oh my god. For for this I season. I did get the second one in the mail yesterday. I loved them. Because I, 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 I'm not about to order just a whole bunch of progressive books all at once. So, you know, next month is the second progressive book, so I got that. And then also I picked up the 12th Slime novel. Okay. And then, uh, what was the third book? The fifth So I'm a Spider, So What book. Okay. I, yeah. I, I really like my Amazon right now because I scroll down on the homepage and it's like... Would you like bento things? <laughs> and then I scroll a little <laughs> bit further, and it's like, here's everything that exists for Sword Art Online. You seem to be interested in this, <laughs> right? And I imagine with all the light novels you've been buying, those are getting mixed in there too. Like, there's a whole section that's just like fucking anime books. Uh, no, it's just Sword Art Online. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did look at that horrendous hoodie at one point, so they're probably like, if someone's looking at this, they're really into sword art online. <laughs> to be, uh, we never talked about that. Uh, when I went and got and and watched the movie, I came home and was was just looking at um, sword art online stuff online just to see quote unquote cool sword art online stuff yeah exactly um <laughs> and i i found an anime hoodie sweatshirt that um oh it's so cringe <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's so cringe it's it's the uh it's a hoodie with a full front picture of um just kirito dead eyeing the like straight ahead holding 
asana in his arms while gripping a sword. Like, he's... It's... It's so cringe. (laughs) It's the chuniest shit ever. It's so (laughs) bad. But... I looked at it and it was like, wow, this is awful. I would wear this. <laughs> I would wear this because it's awful. <laughs> to be fair, you showed that to me, and then I like scrolled down and looked at the other options for Sword Art Online hoodies. Yeah. And this horrible uh, abomination of an article of clothing <laughs> was the best Sword Art Online clothing Amazon had to offer. Everything else was worse. <laughs> at least from a design standpoint because at least this one had a, like a lot of negative space like just yeah. white you yeah. know so that it's not just fucking constant colors and shit yeah pretty much everything because is they... just constant like colors everywhere yeah so just just from ease on the eyes uh that one was the best one <laughs> Oh man, I found... the others you might as well be like wearing the uh, Ahagao hoodies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I won't. <laughs> I found more. I would for a joke. I would just to fuck with people. Okay, okay yeah. If if I had like, <laughs> if if I didn't have to purchase or own it, certainly right. I would. I would. If wear I didn't have to spend money and twice. put it on like my my purchase history. Yes. <laughs> if if I could wear it for like a video and then give it back, I would do it. <laughs> but I wouldn't. But that would require knowing somebody who would have one. Correct. And I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the sort of thing I could I could see wearing it for a joke video or joke stream or something and then giving it back so i don't have it in my possession because i don't want to own that right i found another pretty good one but uh that's a uh, that's not for for now uh we're we're going to no. we're going to move on to uh oh don't send me a link to it what the <laughs> hell <laughs> I thought the the one I said to you is is pretty good. It's it's not, it's got the negative space, <laughs> and it's it's less gross with having Asuna, who's an actually talented character who is kind of a badass, uh, be all protected princess. Yeah, I mean this one's fine, I suppose, <laughs> if you're into bad hoodies. <laughs> Oh. Anyways, uh, what's, right. what's in the news? Okay, so, John, how long has it been since we discussed the news on this show? I don't know. What episode is this? Uh, 44? Then it would maybe? be 44 episodes. <laughs> yeah. And, and the first time, all but one little segment was cut out. Yeah. So, this is really our first, our first dive into news. But yeah, uh, we're a news podcast now. Yeah. Uh, so, in, in the last two weeks, we've had a few a few big things happen, and some small ones that I kind of want to talk about. Uh, Riot has finally like settled uh, the class action lawsuit against them. Mm. They're they're paying out a hundred million dollars in a settlement. Uh, 
80 million to members of the class action lawsuit and then 20 million in attorney's fees and other expenses. Yep, that's usually well actually that's pretty good. Usually it goes the 80-20 split the other direction. <laughs> yeah, like I am honestly like really surprised at this and also the other like conditions of the settlement as well. Uh because they've agreed to have a third party uh, monitor pay equity and and do internal reporting for three years. Nice. Uh, yeah, and, and the the third party has to be approved by both Riot and the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Ooh. Yeah. So the state of California gets in on this too. Nice. And and then the uh, the article that I I took I'm using is from Kotaku the the in this one like they talk to the the lawyer representing the class action lawsuit and I mean, they're talking about like how riot has improved in the 3 years since the, like the lawsuit but yeah. i mean like show it show it to me i don't know mm-hmm. don't just tell me like, yeah but but this is a good thing like this is the kind of settlement where it's like Maybe Riot cannot be the butt of all these uh, jokes now, and we can like, we'll, we can give them the benefit of the doubt going forward. Their games are still cancer. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna play League of Legends, <laughs> but maybe I'll watch Arcane now. Although I have heard good things about Valorant, so there is that. So I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that lawsuit especially considering it kind of follows the uh activision lawsuits from last year where they were not punished in any significant fashion at all yeah like i think activision settlement was like 13 million dollars with the state of california and it's like that's nothing Mm -hmm. to to a company like activision that's literally like digging under the couch to find that money you know yeah Oh, this next news thing was just kind of pointless to me. Um, um, and that's that's actually why I wanted to bring it up, because yeah. it, it's so pointless. Uh, so, Logan Paul put 15 Game Boy Colors in epoxy resin to make a tabletop, and a whole bunch of people online got super mad at him. Mm-hmm. And the, the a lot of people are saying, like, oh, that could have been, like, a kid's first handheld and no it's not kids aren't playing these things he put them he put them in a in a tabletop because it reminds him of his childhood and he wants a part of that in his house yeah that's fine now cool i can i can understand a little bit in that there are now a limited number of these game boys and you're supposedly you're, you're well i mean they're not making more and, right, and you're you're removing them from the world. So the, with with epoxy, you're not getting it back out. Like it's it's not really gonna function again. There, there's there's like a two percent chance that pulling it out. But <laughs> like it's possible you pull you pull one of them out and it still works. Yeah, it's it's very unlikely. Whereas you could have done something with like just uh, a glass display. Like you can, you they make glass display tables where yeah you can open them up and move things around. Maybe you get another one, a, a new color or something. You want to put it in there, but you know. But on the other hand, 
it's his. And he yeah, can he do bought it, all of these. And he can do with them <laughs> what he likes. And the end result is really nice. It's a it's a really, yeah, it's, really nice looking table. Like it lights up and shit. It's cool. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's a really good looking table. He he did a great job. He's a piece of shit though. But it doesn't Yeah, it's like there's it doesn't have anything to do with this. That he is an awful was, human being. <laughs> that was my other point. There's so many reasons to be mad at Logan Paul. Like, he should be shit on forever for the fact that he filmed a dead body in the woods. Yeah. You know? Fuck and then, him. And then posted He's it. a piece of garbage. Like, like the, the, yeah. then he had the, the bad taste to post it. Like, you, you, could, you could have filmed it and then gone home and been like, Oh, I was a shitty person for doing that and then not posted it. But instead, right. he posted it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, fuck him forever. But not for this. This is a stupid thing to be mad about. Like, there's... Uh, you can go onto Amazon or eBay or wherever and buy a fucking Game Boy Color right now. Yes. They're like 40 bucks at a maximum. Yeah. Uh, unless you're getting, like, one of the special edition ones or whatever. But even then, not too expensive. Like, and again, this is going to be nobody's first uh, handheld anymore. Yeah, you know, no, no, this nobody's. This nobody's... is my first console, <laughs> and I'm 27. Yeah, <laughs> kids don't get consoles nowadays. Anyways, they get phones, and right, yeah, yeah, which this, are this is just a dumb thing to be mad objectively about. better, <laughs> like. <laughs> A phone, yeah. <laughs> a phone is just objectively better than a Game Boy Color. I like Game Boys. Did you Game know you Boys. can play the first six Dragon Quest games on on your phone? Yeah. Get a phone and get the first six Dragon Quest games, uh-huh. and the kid will be entertained for eternity. You could play like the first <laughs> five or six um, Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, they're they're bad on phone, but you can. Ah, uh, they're not too bad. I I played them. Uh, maybe I, if you get the pixel one. remaster ones. Mm. No, I played it. It was fine. Okay. But yeah, so like so. Logan Paul is a trash human being who has done trash human things, and uh, you should be angry at him and hate him. But this is not one of those things. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder if I I do wonder if like I had done this or like Keanu Reeves had done this if the right. yeah if this people would have been mad at this at all but probably not probably not it, it's definitely one of those things where it's like there's an inherent hatred of Logan Paul and so people it's like the um the Chris Pratt shit where like every, everybody hates Chris Pratt now right so everything Chris Pratt has done and does and will do has to be bad. So people are like, he wasn't even good on Parks and Rec. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Yes, he was. Yeah, he, yeah. But, <laughs> and he's not even a good Star-Lord. He's the only person who could be Star-Lord. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and, shut up. And I'm not inclined to hate him for Mario either. I think it's a poor decision currently for the um f- the caster casting director to the have chosen director. him 
But right. I don't think that he is a bad like <laughs> this. This is getting he's not into a bad like, actor. Yeah, he can be. He can have bad opinions and be a bad person yeah. without being a bad actor. Yes. And honestly, I don't think he's done anything like to completely cancel him or whatever over. It's not like he's fucking Kevin Spacey level or some shit. Like, he's just kind of a shit dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's not done done anything particularly reprehensible. He's just not made some correct decisions. Um, Right, and said some bad things. Yeah. But, like, literally everyone says bad things. Like yeah, you've had if terrible you go through takes my in the Twitter, past. <laughs> yeah, if you go through my Twitter, there's fucking horrible takes all over the place. Yeah, Ugh. I'm a horrible take machine. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I you do, are. All I do is have to- horrible takes. <laughs> Which we'll see. We'll see if my takes on these next two stories are uh, heinous or good. So the the next two are kind of related, so I want to get through them before we talk about the the connecting factor. So uh, the first one is the uh, the Square Enix press release from New Year's Day, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the president of Square Enix, Yosuke Matsuda, gave out this uh, press release on the Square Enix website, and. Most of it is just a whole bunch of buzzword bullshit about the metaverse and NFTs and and, blockchains and AI, entertainment AI. Decentralized gaming. (laughs) This is is a goldmine for just terms that you can throw around that mean nothing. Right. <laughs> Nobody understands what they mean, I, including the people using them. I'm amazed I haven't seen synergy yet in here. Right. But the the big the big one that everybody's talking about is a uh, I realize that some people who play to have fun and who currently form the majority of players have voiced their reservations toward these new trends talking about NFTs. And understandably so. So he starts off saying, I know a lot of you like to play games to have fun. In fact, most of you, the people who buy our games, just want to have fun. And you don't like these things. And there are reasons to not like them. That's what that sentence is saying. Correct. (laughs) However, and here's where he fucks up. (laughs) I believe that there will be a certain number of people whose motivation is to play to contribute, by which I mean to help make the game more exciting. Traditional gaming has offered no explicit incentive to this latter group of people who are motivated strictly by such inconsistent personal feelings as goodwill and volunteer spirit. (laughs) This fact is not unrelated to the limitations of existing user-generated content. UGC has been brought into being solely because of individuals' desire for self-expression, and not because any explicit incentive existed to reward them for their creative efforts. So, if you didn't catch what happened there, Yosuke Matsuda just said, There has been no reason to make... Uh, 
for these people to make anything for the games, right? And yet people have been making things for the games. Yeah. But because there's no incentive, why would anybody make anything for the games? But you just went over it. People do it. Like it's it's just mind-boggling the fucking hoops that are being jumped through to get to the point that he wants to get to, which is that we're going to be doing NFTs. Uh, like, and he doesn't even describe really what the NFTs are going to be, because, I mean, NFTs are nothing. You can't describe them, but so it's it's uh looking into this. It looks like so he goes further in the next uh paragraph into talking. Ba- basically, what he said was um. Uh, most people play to have fun, and then uh-huh. there's some people that play and contribute, and they they make custom maps and they they do things like that. Um, right. But I think in his mind, those things are custom content is limited. There there aren't many people doing it. On the one hand, because few people just have the the goodwill and volunteer spirit to do it, um, and you, there you know there's nothing telling them to do it, so not many people do it. However, right with this, they will be incentivizing it. They will be basically, I I I'm going to use this with the express intent that no one will get money for this, but. Basically, they're <laughs> they're trying to figure out how they can pay players to make content for them. Without actually paying. Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. No money is changing hands, but they're, they're trying to figure out ways in which they can incentivize user-generated content. Like, essentially, it's going to be, hey, make a thing for us and we'll pay you with this NFT. Yeah. Which... Vague... Uh, NFT thing. Here, here. Let me <laughs> let me put this in a similar way to uh, a Destiny. Uh, I'll I'll link it back with Destiny. So currently, if you're a new player in the game, you join in, you you play through this um, early quest thing, and then you uh, that that teaches you basically how to play the game, and then you get kicked out into the world where you don't know what to do, except. Right now, there's an event going on, the the 30th anniversary thing, that sh- drags you into this, um, I think it's 1150 uh, power level event, where it's really fun, it's, it's, it's like a game show sort of thing, I've talked about it previously, but it drags right. you directly into this, and it's a match made with people at a similar light as you. Now, with the holidays, a bunch of new players are joining. And with a bunch of new players who are all at, I think it's 1100 base light, by the time they exit the campaign, the intro campaign, and then they get dragged immediately into this 1150 level um, content. And the difference in light there is enough to make it very difficult, and these are players who don't know what they're doing in this game. They've just 
taken the tutorial and they're getting lumped together because the only other people that are at 1100 light are also new light players who have just joined so it becomes a party of six dropped into content that is 50 light higher than them that is mildly difficult and then they get stuck there for a really long time because they can't beat it (laughs) So, and it's it's completely, like, they, clearly no one thought that this would happen, and it's, a, it's an accident, and the, the devs are already working to fix it, but the players, the, like me, have gone in, started going in, and doing this matchmaking with really low-level gear. Match like getting 1100 light gear so that we load in with the new lights and then bumping our light level back up to maximum and carrying just that they can get through it so that you know once they get pulled in once they don't ever get pulled in again like they can they can choose to go in but they don't get dragged in so out of the kindness of our hearts we're going in and doing this thing to get the new lights out of it. Um, okay, I see where you're going with this yeah, now. Yeah, we're... we're, we're what, if, what if you were given a thing for doing this? We are. And, and that's yeah. that's the thing, is we are being given a thing. It's a tiny... Right. We're, we're getting an emblem. As long as you play Dares of Eternity between now and January 18th, you get a an emblem... There's emblems for everything. Like, I've got so... I've got probably 100-plus emblems, and I don't look through them at all. And I'm not going to wear this. Like, I'll I'll put it on and be like, neat, and then I'll go back to one of the other ones I get. It's right. it's it's like not even a background change. It, it, it just changes, like, the symbol next to your name, and that's it. But it is cool that they're they're doing this for it. And, and that's the sort of thing, like... They'll give you something that will be like, hey, thanks for doing this. And people will go out of their way. There are people in Destiny right now who heard the news about that, and now they're doing the Dares of Eternity light level drop thing. <laughs> right. Because they'll get a, a stupid emblem that, that doesn't matter at all. But it, it, it is true that without an incentive with the incentive more people will do the thing and in general these things are good for games like whether whether we're talking about making a custom map or something as simple as just going in and helping people who just left the tutorial the incentives are nice but as you just pointed out they already exist you can implement them Without these NFTs, yeah, you can, yeah, you can give people things without it being this, this horrible fucking energy-consuming monstrosity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which uh, gets us into our next story, which is that Konami is putting out. Uh, I mean, that's a, that that's a term. Sure, putting out uh, <laughs> NFTs. For Ca- Castlevania's 35th anniversary. No. No. Konami's just putting out. <laughs> They're just putting out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- they've got no, NFTs I- for, like, 
various screens and art from the Castlevania series, and uh, they they look okay, I guess. I wouldn't buy them. Then again, I don't buy so- NFTs, but I wouldn't. They're not that great art. Yeah. And here's some uh, choice choice sections from the terms and Q&A section on their site about these things. So, you'll be entitled to have your desired nickname listed as the first purchaser of the NFT on their website. But if your nickname is socially unacceptable, your privileges in this campaign will be invalidated. The purchaser's nickname will be dis- displayed when Konami deems the nickname to be reasonable based on social standards. For example, a nickname containing information that can be used to identify a specific individual is unacceptable. Which I think means, like, even just your full name, like, like your full name isn't allowed. So you yeah. can't have your actual name as the owner of this a- NFT. Yeah. Um, Notwithstanding the above provisions, in the event Konami determines that the purchaser will illegally or inappropriately use the NFT, the purchaser will lose the right to receive the benefits. Now, inappropriately is not described. It's really just at Konami's discretion. Whatever whatever yeah. they think is inappropriate, you can lose your rights to this. Now, you don't actually have any rights. The purchaser will not, by purchasing the NFT... Obtain intellectual property rights well, in relation to the true. data linked to the NFT. I mean, thus that's, the purchaser. That that's just standard for an NFT. They're not selling. No, uh, what what you get is this particular picture yes. as marked by the, the. This this is all just legalese to to be to stop some idiot from going. Ooh, I can own Castlevania. <laughs> yeah. But, like, when you're buying an NFT, you're not even buying the image. There's yeah. a spot on the blockchain that represents the image, and you're buying that. Yeah. And it can be changed. <laughs> it can be changed to something else, and you will not own your thing anymore. And, and not that you ever did in the first place, because, again, you can't use this for any commercial purposes or anything. Uh, but you do... Uh, so... Then we get to the Q&A section. Is there a possibility of Konami reselling the same NFT in the future? NFT with the exact same data will not be resold, but similar NFTs tied to the same game title may be resold in the future. Konami is not able to preclude the purchaser from spreading on social media the fact that the purchaser purchased the NFT, nor from transferring the NFT to a third party. And also, Konami does not guarantee that the value of the NFT will increase after the purchase. Yeah, none of that was surprising at all. Like, this is all basic NFT stuff. Yeah, it's all... But we haven't talked about NFTs before, so it's important to kind of get this... Yeah, we have. Have we? Yeah. I don't remember it. Oh, yeah, we've talked about NFTs and how they burned down the rainforest. Oh, we might have made a a passing comment. No, no, no. We've, We've talked about NFTs before. Oh, okay. But yeah, we'll, like, we'll just you're sum essentially it up. buying nothing here. Yeah, it, it, you're you're buying the rights to say that you own this picture. Yes, yeah. that's but not that's, to distribute that picture in any way or yeah, do anything with it. Just to say you have it. Yeah, yeah. 
NFTs are a bummer. They could be neat, but they burn down the rainforest and they're always done poorly. Yeah. I- NFT pictures are dumb. So, our, our next story is about... You know what? We're skipping that one. Whatever. Okay. Sc- Scott Pilgrim's gonna have an anime. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I like Scott I like Scott Pilgrim a lot, so this excites me. Yeah. What excites me even more is that uh Brian Lee O'Malley is actually gonna be writing it and producing it. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, and he's like done nothing with Scott Pilgrim since the, the comics ended yeah. years ago. So that's exciting to me. Yeah, that that could um, be very good. Yeah, I, I I'm really excited to see a cartoon version of it because it can it can get even crazier than Edgar Wright's movie did, which was already really good. That was a really good li- for live action. That was amazing adaptation mm-hmm. of a comic oh, yeah. book. So uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that I'll I'll probably watch it. Next up is uh, something no one should be surprised for. Uh, uh, on any <laughs> level, on on any level yes. of this, no one should be surprised. At anything that I'm about to say, Pokimane temporarily banned from Twitch for stupidly streaming whole episodes of Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> That's right, Pokimane, a uh, Twitch streamer notorious for getting banned because she pushes the limits of everything. Wombat here. Uh, John says that. Pokimane is notorious for getting banned, but this is actually her first ever Twitch ban. So, it's a little mistake there. Just wanted to correct it. Broke copyright law and was temporarily banned. The fact that it's temporary should not be surprising considering she's one of the top 10 earners for Twitch. That's it. (laughs) So, there's this weird thing happening on Twitch right now called the TV Meta. Which is where streamers will just, like, watch TV and, and half-heartedly react to it with their... It's it's basically just, like, what Rabbit was now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Rabbit went away, right? Yes. And so there's no, there's no place to just watch movies with people. Yeah. And so people are doing it on Twitch. But I don't... This is so obviously... And I hate... I hate copyright laws in America. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I think they're, it's really they're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But this is such obviously, like, illegal bullshit. <laughs> I don't know wh- why these people think they can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't just watch a whole season of a TV show on your fucking Twitch channel. Of yeah. course you can't. No. What? You're profiting from watching someone else's show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and apparently this also ties in with another, like, kind of meta Twitch thing where streamers will intentionally get banned in order to take a vacation. Oh, yeah. And well, because like, I didn't know that was a thing. If a streamer stops streaming and goes on vacation, they lose subscribers. If a streamer gets banned temporarily and then they come back, they gain subscribers. So <laughs> it is better to get a temporary ban, do a nip slip, 
you know, have have your child come on the stream for a minute and, you know, play on the stream for like 15 minutes while you watch over their shoulder or something, which is against rules because that's putting your children in, like, that's, it's gross. But yeah. do one of those things. And if you make, if you're in the position where you're actually going to, you know, make money off of this, then you're only going to get temporarily banned. And in that time, go to Disneyland. Like, go go to take a trip around Europe. Just sit back and relax for a week. It doesn't matter. But you're, the problem with this fine. is that every time someone gets banned for something, there's the possibility that Twitch then makes their rules even stricter. And that hurts other people. Oh, yeah. Which I think has happened before. I think I think that it's been mentioned in the the wake of this that that's happened before. Yeah. And it's like, I I just don't understand all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, why why was she watching? Why are any why is anybody watching whole TV shows, whole movies and shit? Like, um. I understand that, like, uh, fucking Hassan Piker, his whole thing is kind of like watching conservative bullshit and reacting to it. Mm. But I feel like that falls under a different thing because a lot of that's released on, like, free platforms in the first place. But Avatar The Last Airbender wasn't. It was released on, like, a, like a, a fucking TV channel. That you you had to pay for the fucking yeah. cable subscription to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like it's released uh, on Fox News where it's just, just like you know you can find this on the internet for free. Yeah. But <laughs> mm. I'm. We're, we'll move on. I I just don't understand. Um. <laughs> uh, our final news story today is that Dying Light 2 is going to take two, 500 hours to fully complete, and we, we're we not allowed to have short games anymore, John. No. We're not Which... allowed to just have a, a, an experience and then move on. We have to be with every game for the rest of our lives. Basically, there are three game developers out there. There's game developers with a uh, company more than three people in it. And they only make <laughs> games that take 500 hours. Then you have game your companies. Your Ubisofts, your, your Activisions, yeah. and your whoever the fuck makes Dying Light. If you've heard of the company before, it's it's probably a 500 plus hour game. Then there's the one man teams who have spent the, the last 15 years working on their game that they, it's their dream game. And they also take 500 hours, and these are the Chucklefishes and the... This is Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of these ones out there. And then you have the people like me who go out there and are like, all right, we need to make a game, but I'm tired of making game of, of super complex, uh, super long games that take forever, so let's simplify everything. And that's where you also get companies like, or the, the guy behind Wordle and... Yeah, which I've only I heard about. I refuse to learn what Wordle is. Do not tell me about Wordle. I, 
I only heard about it this week. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a little word puzzle game that you get one per day, and the dev is like, no, I'm never going to monetize this game. Uh, so just uh, have fun. It's. I see a whole bunch of colored blocks on, on Twitter, and I'm like, I'm not learning what that is. Have fun, you guys. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just a dev that's like, here, here's this simple word puzzle game, and I'm never monetizing it, and you, it's, you can't get lost in it because there's only one word per day, so, like, once you're done, you're done until tomorrow. <laughs> so but, I, it, it can't take over your life, it can't... Yeah. But listen, John... It, it it's not even just that it's 500 hours it's that they're so excited that it's 500 hours i'm going to read to you the tweet that uh, that dying light uh their twitter account put out it reads to fully complete dying light 2 stay human you'll need at least 500 hours almost as long as it would take to walk from warsaw to madrid mhm exclamation point Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to walk from Warsaw to Madrid. What makes you want to think I would fucking want to do the equivalent bullshit, but just sitting in a chair? Yeah. Like, I don't. Nobody no. wants to. The, the, my fucking most favorite Pokemon game, I didn't put fucking 500 hours into. No. Like, I'm not... <laughs> ridiculous shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> that's not something people want to do people don't want to no. spend 500 hours and they're just so excited they're like yes people are gonna love that it's so long yeah nope no okay well that was our new section john how do, how do you think that went I think it went much better than the last one. As long as we stay away from the big bummers of news, I think think we're pretty I mean, good. NFTs are still a big bummer. It's just not in the same way. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Ecuador that's that's made NFTs or not NFTs, um cryptocurrency a national It might currency? be Argentina. I don't think it's Argentina. El Salvador. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I, I would have remembered if it was Argentina because that's a, that's an anti-American Nazi hole. Um, but, <laughs> but no, El Salvador has a chance of making NFTs and cryptocurrency a thing because they have just buckets of energy from uh, like geothermal energy and stuff that just a lot of their energy is sustainable and with sustainable energy you lose use it or lose it like you can't store that and you can't right send it so you just it's it's there (laughs) use it i mean can't you or don't couldn't you charge it into a battery couldn't you put it into a battery Batteries are bad for the environment and also lose their charge. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I get that they're bad for the environment, but they're not as bad as just, like, burning coal or some shit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. You're producing acid, which then could pollute the water and... Yeah, uh, I mean, if I, you don't dispose of them correctly, they're definitely, like, a huge hazard. And and let's be honest. Outside of Japan, who who disposes of batteries correctly? Nobody. Yeah. Like, I know anyway, people John, that have thrown You know what else batteries. is an anti-American Nazi hole, right? <laughs> it's America. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, we've got a, a, a new little segment here in the middle here. We've got our mid-roll. Um, this We're is where so awkward inter- introducing this. Hey, you're gonna do a uh the music thingy in between here. Yeah, I know. And this is the only place you're gonna put the music thingy. No, because it goes between game facts and the topic of the week. Oh, seriously, that's gross. Yes, don't, don't do that. What? No, it's bad. But that's how we that's how we differentiate sections. Yeah, well, it's the music. we shouldn't. <laughs> we sh- we should have we should have music in the intro, introing us in, and then we should have music in and out of the mid roll, and then we should have music for the outro. That's it. It's perfect. Primo, excellent. It's the way it should be. Do your do your your new hey. mid roll section. I didn't even agree to this. <laughs> it's just it just popped up here. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks thanks for listening. Um. Don't forget to to follow us places, cause like we're we're still a, a very small, very small podcast, and we'd like to be so much bigger. We'd like to get to the point where we can, uh, like play video games and talk about that. And and we I think we have a coffee goal on that right now. Um, yeah, you can go to coffee.com slash glowing weak point and uh, donate towards. Our our thirty dollar goal, which will get sh- get a get us doing a, a a bonus episode every week, every month. I mean, yeah, where we play a oh game gosh. determined. <laughs> yeah, not not every week, but we'll play a game every every month, and we'll we'll review it and go over it and stuff. Yeah, and. I'm going to go ahead and say now, even even if we don't get up to that $30 a month, because we're, we're not asking you to give $30 a month, like you, the person sitting there listening right now. Yeah, we're, no, we're, obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> that is crazy. But, like, <laughs> e- e- even if you donate, like, $1 or 50 cents a month or something, uh, I- I'm going to go ahead and, and put it out there that when we hit $30 from that, we will do an episode. Yes, we will commit to it if we hit $30 one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's a that's a fun thing you can do. We occasionally post on Instagram some, some pictures of stuff to – things we're talking about, you know, to, to help visual because, you know, audio podcasts, you don't, you don't see things. Yeah, and when some we things remember to do visual. that, we do it. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to decide whether we should put this uh, Sword Art Online uh, hoodie on there. Just that you understand how awful it is. 
Uh, you should buy it and then put a picture of you wearing it on. There. I will probably not do that, but <laughs> but there's a chance. Uh, uh. You could you could email us at glowingweekpointpodcast at gmail. Yeah, uh, you can give us some feedback and stuff that way. If if there's anything you want us to talk about, then yeah, you can. I know some of the sites have places where you can leave comments and, uh, of course, reviews. Um, so, and, Which we but would like, love. Yeah, and if, if, you, if you have an idea for something, if you have something we want us to talk about, if you have a game facts or a favorite game that you want to hear facts about, hit us up. L- let us know. I, I've gotten out of Season 1, so I don't have a full block of games ahead of me i have room to add things in like this week uh so hit me up with with a game and i'll i'll do a game facts on it in the 30 minutes before we do the podcast but anyways yeah let's get back to the show game facts it's Game Facts, and this week we are talking about Toe Jam and Earl. Why are you saying it like that? On this week's episode of Glowing Weak Point. <laughs> <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl is an action dungeon crawler developed by Greg Johnson and Mark Vorsanger for the Sega Genesis. In the game, the eponymous aliens have crash-landed on Earth and must search the floating space islands of Earth to find their wreckage whilst avoiding the antagonistic Earthlings. Yeah, don't uh, you know that Earth has is a series of islands floating in space with um, uh, elevators between them? John, I live on Earth. <laughs> oh, so you know... No, I didn't. I didn't know it was like that. But you know, I've never really left the uh, the the southeast, so yeah. it's it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I went it, up to New York once, and I didn't pass any floating space islands. But maybe maybe it's changed since I last went to New York. Well, here's here's the deal: we do live on a flat Earth. It's just a series of flat Earths stacked on top of each other with <laughs> elevators in between. I see. That the the airplanes fly into the the elevators, and that's that's how you get from space to space. Yeah. You know what? That explains that Jules Verne novel, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Uh huh. They, they just, just took the elevator down. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> A key feature of the game is the power up presence, the contents of which, in typical roguelike fashion, are unknown until used which range from speed increases and distractions to randomizing the identities of presence and the total bummer of losing a life. Is it is it capitalized because it's called a total bummer it, in it's the called, game? It's called, yeah. Yeah, you open the present and it says total bummer and you lose a life. Uh, which is Which is great when you're on your last life and you're like, oh, I'll open this present, you lose. But that's that's miserable. <laughs> well, uh, who would play this? Is there any way to differentiate between the presents? Like once you know what one is, can you be well, like, oh, well, the blue present you don't want to open because that'll kill you. Yeah, but then there's the randomizer, and as you open presents, the odds of the randomizer occurring like triples. 
Oh my so, god. Yeah. So then it just becomes like, oh, whatever this is, let's see. Yep. During development, Toe Jam and Earl were top contenders at Sega for their company mascot. But unfortunately for the dynamic duo, about halfway through the development period, a certain blue hedgehog appeared on the scene and stole everyone's hearts. Gotta go fast. They didn't and go that's fast enough. too bad. <laughs> yes! <laughs> a biolinguist by study. What? Yep. <laughs> Greg Johnson has a thing for space and aliens, and his games show it, having made Starflight and Star Control 1 and 2, as well as several other cutesy simple games. I've heard of Starflight and Star Control. Mm-hmm. What are those? Uh, really old games. <laughs> I, mean, I, I picked that up. We're talking about Toe Jam and Earl era. <laughs> uh, Starflight is a space exploration combat and trading role player game i oh. think it might be the one with the mule the mule like based on the foundation um no i might be thinking of a, another one i know there was a an early game that that had star in the name that had the mule in it cribbed the mule from Asimov's yeah. foundation. Yep. And the other one was Star That's the Control. most boring part of foundation uh, I'm going to add. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's that's I'm... what the video game is. <laughs> is the boring part of... <laughs> like, I really loved foundation, like the first book, because it was like a series of vignettes and, and like each one left as soon as soon as like you were like this is getting kind of eh. it's like well we're wrapped up and we're moving on to the next thing. The mule storyline line goes on for a book and a half. <laughs> I'm just stop. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. I don't care about the mule. <laughs> uh Yep, Star Control is a strategy, real-time, one-on-one ship combat game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mark Vorsanger, on the other hand, went on from Toe Jam and Earl, not really, he stuck with it through every game, to greatness, making the iconic Sega full-motion video game Night Trap. <laughs> I haven't heard of Night Trap. You have- what? How have you no. not heard of Night Trap? It's an FMV game. I don't play game. FMV games. I don't play those. It's the first. It's the first? Yeah, it's the FMV game with a bunch of girls wearing, uh, like, bikinis and, and of course. crop tops. And you, you watch through them, uh, like, getting ready for bed, and then they, they have a sleepover, and then you're a special agent... Uh, watching over the girls using a live surveillance footage and triggering traps to capture uh, the people coming in to endanger the girls. Okay. Yep. Do you like with this <laughs> sort of sort of like um, uh, what's the the stupid game with the anim- anthropomorphic robot? <sighs> like Chuck E. Cheese's. Are- 
What's uh, Five Nights? It's got a oh, Five, five Nights at, at Freddy's. Yeah, it's got a Five Nights sort of. Um, you said anthropomorphic. System. I think you meant animatronic. Yeah, I did. I couldn't remember yeah. that word, so I said the one that was closest. Uh, you, <laughs> you you click through to go to different rooms, and you, you know, like the screen pans back and forth, looking in there. Um, and then you you press a button, and hopefully you press the right one to cause the trap at the right time to trap the person. I see. Yeah. Okay. With its super funky soundtrack by John Baker, Toe Jam and Earl, and more specifically its immediate successor, Panic on Funkotron, became the first video game to include a rap, beating out Parappa the Rapper on the PS1 three years later. <laughs> yep. There was previously to that, um... What was it? It was... Rap Jam Volume 1. Rap uh, Jam Volume 1. Yeah, the year before Parappa the Rapper, uh, which which had a... Uh, it was a basketball game with LL Cool J, Queen Latifah, Naughty by Nature, Flava Flav, uh, but it didn't have any licensed music, so... Damn. No rap in it. <laughs> in Rap Jam? No rap in Rap Jam. Correct. No rap in Rap Jam Volume 1. The thing is, they should have just, like, talked to MF Doom. I bet you MF Doom would have recorded a soundtrack for a video game. Absolutely. Like, he fucking loved video games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them did. Uh, what was? Yeah, that? they did. Biggie made a... Yes, he, the... he, I've been listening to Biggie recently. He Super made, Nintendo he Sega Genesis and ju on, on Juicy. Yeah. Uh... But, a lot of them. Yeah. Nope. The, they should have. Uh, the the Funkatron rap is the first one. Toe Jam and Earl was so popular, it got two, three other sequels after its aforementioned platformer sequel. Yes. To, to be clear there, uh, the first one is a uh, action dungeon crawler from like a top-down isometric thingy. Uh, the second one, Panic on Funkatron, is a side-scrolling platformer. Okay. 2002's Toe Jam and Earl 3 Mission to Earth for the Xbox was a 3D platformer action-adventure game where in the early versions you killed KKK members. Don't know why they changed that. Like, every game should have you kill at least one clan member. I, I agree. Just just in life. <laughs> in life, you should be able to kill clan members. Yeah, <laughs> if you see someone with the, the white hood, that's a, that's a death. Yeah. Like, I, it, it, even if it turns out to be Sacha Baron Cohen, like, I'm sorry, dude, but you were wearing a hood at the time. I don't the, know. The, <laughs> the only thing about this is you got to be careful around Halloween. It could be a kid in a ghost outfit. A very unfortunate-looking ghost outfit. A very unfortunate-looking ghost outfit. <laughs> but otherwise, yes. Slay on sight. Yeah. 2019's Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, was released for everything, and is basically just a res-up of the original game. But its executive producer is Macaulay Culkin and his bunny ears satire news site. Yeah. Can I just say, I don't follow 
anything Macaulay Culkin does, but every time I hear about it, I'm like, I am so happy for him. <laughs> like, a few years ago, I heard he was in a band that only makes songs about pizza. I'm like, that sounds great. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, he and Greg Johnson actually got together um, after Culkin did a uh, tweet about playing Toe Jam and Earl. And they played... They spent three days together playing both of the old games and then went ahead and played the handmade Toe Jam and Earl board game Greg Johnson had made in the 90s. What? <laughs> yeah. I want that. <laughs> uh, but ha- so you've you've never looked at uh, Bunny Ears then, his no. satire site. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing it's it's like hard drive. Kind of, yeah. Uh, less good, I'd say. Although there was one really good post here of, as a Christian gamer, I only drink my wife's bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I I loved. Uh. Let's see some of the ones we've got going on on here right now. Feminist baby names for boys that are mostly nicknames for the vulva. Oh, I was I was looking at their their video games version, but uh, yeah. What you'll choke to death on, based on your star sign. <laughs> Yellow is for fuck buddies. Learn the new romantic language of roses. Yeah. <laughs> Vegan alternatives to egging a house. Oh man, we gotta <laughs> see that. <laughs> yeah. Try our new time stone because death comes for us all. Uh, all right. One more fact. <laughs> uh, let's see. And the last game, Ready Aim Tomatoes, on the Menacer Six game cartridge. <laughs> Sega needed a response to the SNES Super Scope, and this is a direct ripoff of it. Oh, it's strangely, Rat is the only branded game on the cartridge. All the others are simple games with no tie-ins. The Menacer looks just like like they took a SNES super scope and were like well we can't do a one for one so let's make it shorter and put this thing over here instead otherwise it's a SNES super scope it's it's like I feel like if you took a SNES, SNES super scope which if you remember has like the really wide aperture like it's a super uh-huh. wide barrel. If you took its barrel and you took the Sega Menacer barrel and put them together, I feel like they would be a one for one match. <laughs> like you could have done anything. You could have gone with a like an NES Zapper, like you did for the uh, Sega Mega System, but you did. Or like rip off an arcade. Uh, yeah. Controller. Yeah. But no, like they one of the time crisis controllers, like yeah. But no, they went yeah. directly with the SNES Super Scope. Yeah, disappointing. And that's Toe Jam and Earl. Did you learn? That a was lot? Toe Jam and Earl. I did. I, I learned a lot about Toe Jam and Earl. You you I've suggested this it. one. I did. Okay. I'm happy I suggested it. I'm I'm definitely happy for learning about the Bunny Ears news site via <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl. 
All right, it's time for our topic of the week. And this is one I put in here. Uh, yeah. Why do devs make games so political nowadays? Um, so, I am a Redditor. So I'm worried by what you mean this. Mean by this. I, I am a Redditor. And, and as someone who goes on r slash all and scrolls and hates most of what he sees, um, the r slash gaming and r slash gaming circle jerk, uh, pops up pretty often. Uh, and, okay. and I am not subbed to either of them. If I want to find out about video games, there are way better places to do it. So I don't give a shit. Um, but if you scroll through r slash all, you'll see 12 posts from them. And one of the most common posts I see is bitching about there being <sighs> minority representation in a game. Like, why is this character a woman? Why why do games have to be so political? Or why is this character gay? Sh all characters should be straight male uh, buff dudes who kill the bad people who are often another color. Um, so this is a, a very common thing I see on Reddit is, is, is people bitching about it or people making fun of the fact that people bitch about there being like, why, why did you need to make this character gay now? Or why did you need to make this character a woman when you know that men are the ones playing video games? And Ugh. I, I have to point out that on the one hand, this is repulsive and wrong, <laughs> But that's what the making fun of these posts are already doing, is that this is this is just dumb. Like, first of all, women play a lot of video games. And I'm right. not just talking about Candy Crush. I'm talking about uh, video games. Not to like, say Candy Crush isn't a video game. I think uh, it's 52% of gamers now are women. Like, they outnumber men today. Yeah, which makes sense, considering there are more women. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, like, it's, it's so dumb to make these points, and it's, it's also dumb to just hate on representation in gaming. Like, you don't, when, when I play as a character, I typically play as a woman, and that's not because I am, you know gender confused and think i'm a woman and it's not because i wish i was a woman it's because i want to play as a woman like i right. I, I don't the it the the genitalia of the character i am playing as has no bearing on my enjoyment of the game <laughs> like <laughs> it's i it's, think a lot of it comes down to bad faith misinterpretations of like the Chekhov's gun rule of of storytelling where like oh if something's introduced then it has to become relevant later so if it's introduced that they're gay then it has to be important yeah but it's like no that's just like a personality trait of a person it's not a fucking plot device yeah the same way that like if a character is straight you don't expect every straight character to, uh, for it to matter that they're straight later. You know? I'm sorry, my character is white. Why don't I start out with more money? Um, 
Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's a part of being a human is you have these things about you. And these things do not necessarily change what it is. Like, for example, I am a white character in the game that is real life, and I also don't have money. So, like... <laughs> Uh, the video video games when they're like, "Hey, this character is gay," it it doesn't. It's like cool. Play the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that a lot of them point out is the fact that there is there does seem to be a burst, uh, just a proliferation of minority representation in gaming happening right now, whereas if you go back, like, two or three years, you might not see it as much. It seems like there's, there's a kind of an exponential boom happening where it's, it is for the, the reductive white males who are posting on these, uh, seeming to push the straight white male out of the spotlight to where maybe they are a minority in gaming in some instances. Ugh. I disagree. <laughs> but I I can understand where their viewpoint of like with all of these uh the this representation now the white straight male is now a minority and they don't get to play as the people that they've played with for so long. And there there's something to that. I think it doesn't matter, and you should just play, because these games are better than ever. Um, and and honestly, as with all things, minority representation makes things better. <laughs> I mean, but, and the other thing is, like, it's taken so long for them to get to a point where they have any representation at all. That yes. just because there's a big boost right now the majority of games are still about straight white dudes because as it turns out old games don't go away did, did yeah. you know that they're around still you can still <laughs> you can play them you can play half-life right now and gordon freeman he's a he's a straight white dude to uh to quote the uh r slash gaming circle jerk um title uh subtitle ha- have y'all heard of uh witcher 3 <laughs> <laughs> right yeah have that came tried out the Witcher what 2017 like yeah like it's it's still around but like yeah have you heard about it you should, you should go play it Ger- Geralt is a very straight and very white dude <laughs> he is <laughs> uh albino even almost yeah <laughs> sickeningly pale almost <laughs> uh with a disgusting visage as written in the books repeatedly Yes. <laughs> um, but now yeah. played by Henry Cavill. Yeah, a beautiful man. Uh, <laughs> In tight leather pants. I love those leather pants. But any, anyways, I, I I will state that, that there is something to be said for it, and I am worried a little bit, because in some of these things, it's just like... It, like it kind of should be done of just like hey they're they're just they're just gay or you know this character is black right because they're black like move on um but i some things i read about and i think 
Oh, we're repeating what movies have done now. <laughs> are Are you familiar with the stock character of, and I don't like the term, but it is the term, the magical oh, Negro? No. Yeah. Are yeah, you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, I've I've watched a fair number of movies in my life, and I've I've come across a few magical Negroes. Yes, and it's. To explain, to explain, it is because there was no black uh, representation in movies for a long time. Or if there was, they were slaves. Or if they weren't slaves, they were idiot servants. Uh, right. Ev- ev- like, think eventually. Uncle Tom's, yeah. uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, Song of the South. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, the liberal media thought about it and was like, oh, yeah, this is bad. And we've done bad shit for a really long time. Let's make up for it. And so. They also learned who Sidney Poitier was, so that was cool. <laughs> uh, they. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> they, they decided, hey, we're going to make sure we include black people in our films from now on but the cinema was still white people (laughs) yeah all all actors were still white except for the three or four black people that existed but they were in every film and they were the magical negro they weren't just some servant or side character they were a character who would come through in the last minute and solve the problem. Or they were, you know, the the white man would be down on his luck and sitting there on the steps, his girlfriend having just dumped him. And a black man would walk up and tell some story that sounded like a black man telling a story. And then some some old tale from back in the times. And, and it would all come together and the white man would go... <gasps> You're right. That's exactly what I need to go do. And the white man would go do it, and immediately the girl would follow into his arms, loving him, and the whole problem would have been solved because this one magical Negro was there who saved the day, telling them the story. But so at I- the end of the day, <laughs> the white man was in every single scene, <laughs> and at the end of the day. The white man got the girl and did the thing that saved it. So it was still still racist. But they tried. They they tried. And before the magical Negro, there was the noble savage, because we did the Native Americans dirty. <laughs> yeah. And the cinema went oh, yeah, yeah, we've portrayed them as being the enemy for a really long time, and we've killed a whole bunch of them on film. Let's make the noble savage who did the exact same thing. And then, more recently, they haven't coined a term for it yet, but it was pointed out to me in in college when I was studying this. Gay people going through the same shit. Yeah, it is kind of like every gay character is, um, like, just the bestest best person that could ever be a best friend to a white woman. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And they have all of this knowledge about life and stuff because they're gay. You know? Yep. Gay, gay people know a lot about life. Um, yes. <laughs> and... And they can steer white women down the right path to the right man because the, the white woman is still straight. Yes. Well, all, all, all of the main characters are still straight. Except for the token gay person who can help. Or the like the, I, the token lesbian who helps the man understand women. Or, like, the... <laughs> the movie Cruella has a, a gay character who is never seen in a romance at all. So it's just like, he's flamboyant, and so he's gay. Yes. And he's just kind of like Cruella's best friend, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and he's able to help her in ways that she can't help herself because he's gay and gay people are magic. Yes. Yeah. So this happens a lot in cinema, and, and fortunately... We are past the noble savage bit, and fortunately, we are almost. No, now we just past... don't see Native Americans oh, anymore yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They're like, we don't know what to do with Native Americans if they can't be murderers, and we can't make them magic. Why do they exist? Forget about them. <laughs> uh, fortunately, we're almost past the magical Negro. Almost. And, Still and pops up every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible stock character. All of yeah. these are terrible. Stock characters are terrible. Um, but I I feel like games are doing this a little bit. And so give me an example. Oh, fuck. Don't do this to me. <laughs> no, cut, cut, cut that segment out of it. Uh, <laughs> I guess Detroit Become Human. But, I mean, who didn't expect there to be gay characters in there? Right, I mean, like, that's Quantic Dream, and... Yeah. They they don't do anything right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, I guess Apex Legends is, is one, where... Okay. So, so, as an example of one, uh, is, like, Apex Legends, which has Gibraltar is gay, and... Bloodhound is non-binary, and Loeb is bisexual, and Fuse is pansexual, and Valkyrie is lesbian, and Seer is pansexual. And, um, on the one hand, a lot of these things seem to just be almost a, a Joanne Rowling, um, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Dumbledore's gay, uh, sort of thing Anthony, here. Anthony Lowenstein, Jewish wizard, Ravenclaw. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, you just sort of, like, it doesn't matter to the characters. In Apex Legends, you play as a character who doesn't matter outside of their abilities, and they shoot things and die, and then you repeat. There's no story. Right. But... These things are just sort of like so. Gibraltar, his character profile actually mentions a boyfriend. Okay. However, all the rest of these are just according to Respawn's community manager, uh, senior writer confirmed on Twitter, lead oh. writer confirms in an interview. Uh, <laughs> I see. That yeah. is disappointing when it's not even mentioned in, like, the character bio. It's just, like, 
after the fact, oh yeah, you know, people, uh, you know, people are saying we don't have any transgender characters in our game. So X person is transgender. Did you know that? There's nothing yeah. about them that would in any way hint that they're transgender, but they're transgender. We're telling you right now. So it's fact. It's true. We definitely intentionally designed them to be transgender. Yeah. So, like, I, I guess not exactly the same thing of where it's the 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 magical Negro. Yeah. It's more of like, a these case are of, like... different things. Yeah. But, but it is based from the same initial standpoint of we have either done a disservice to minorities in the past or just not included them, which is a disservice, but in a different way. Um... Right, it, it comes from a place of trying to uh, reconcile ignorance with more ignorance. Yes. Like, we're, we we're have at... been ignoring black people for so long, so we're going to put them into movies now, but we're going to ignore that they're real people and just to make them magical characters who help out a white person in the time of need. Yeah. We have been ignoring uh, people of different sexualities for so long, so we're just going to keep ignoring them and when people call us out on it well it's not something that is like visually apparent on most people so we can just say it after the fact if people call us out on it yeah and i i'm i'm fine with the the like gibraltar where his profile mentions a boyfriend that's that's just a a neat little aside thing in his profile it's like oh cool like yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't especially in a game much. that has no story yeah, like, it's it's just a neat little thing, but like, uh, I always go back to it in Destiny. Um, uh, Devrim K is one of the first characters you meet in the uh, original campaign for Destiny Two, and he is a sniper and sniper NPC. He just controls his own, and you talk to him, but. In his idle dialogue while you're with him, he mentions spending time with his boyfriend, Mark. Now, there is a pun there of he misses his Mark because he's a sniper. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, actually a funny joke. But but canonically, <laughs> Devrim K is gay and his boyfriend is Mark and he talks about missing Mark. And there's lore in the game, like, the, there's the, like weapon lore and... and item lore that talks about Devram wanting to go home or going home and being with Mark for a bit and talking with Mark and, and there, there's stuff around that that includes Devram and Mark interacting and they're gay and it doesn't like Devram might as well be straight <laughs> he, he he's not boisterous he doesn't talk in a high-pitched accent like you expect gay people to talk like um, right he's like a he's, real person he's he's a human <laughs> and, and that's not, to not say a that, caricature that, of a gay person he's yeah a person. I, I, I know gay people who do talk in that and that's just the way they've always talked yes like that's that's just the way they are um it's not an affectation they just talk that way and they happen to be gay I know people that don't talk or that talk like that that aren't gay and that that's just the way they talk. But right. like Devram has nothing 
pointing towards him being being gay, and except he is, and it's just it's it's mentioned as an aside, and it's it's they talk about other things with him, but it's not like Devram K is gay, Devram K is gay, he's gay. I, we put gay people in this game, so now you have to like us. No, it's it's just like yeah, he's there. Yeah. He's a character. He has stuff going on besides just shooting people. But the thing mm-hmm. that matters to you as a character is that he shoots people. And yeah. so that's what's focused on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it's... it's You're not going to date him, so it, it doesn't matter what... <laughs> what his type is. But, you know, they... They say anyways. So that's that's a better way of doing it because he is just a human and it he's gay. Yeah. Um rather than like shoehorned in. <laughs> and uh, I feel like that happens a lot. And from what I see scrolling through Reddit, it does seem to happen a more often than not but i mean like there's nothing wrong with um let me scroll up and see the names of these characters because i don't play apex there's nothing wrong with loba being bisexual or fuse being pansexual or valkyrie being a lesbian i there there's nothing wrong with them being made this after the fact either because there's nothing wrong with being bisexual, pansexual, or lesbian. Right. It's just, it's a, it's a choice that feels inauthentic. And I yeah, feel like it's, if, it's a response to a reaction that you yeah. feel you have to answer to. And you know what? I'm going to say it. In 2022, you can make a game that does not have gay people in it. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you, you always could. You, you can't can make for a always. Game. You can make a game <laughs> with all straight, all white people. You can do it. JRPGs do it every time. I give you my permission to make <laughs> games that don't have minority representation. But when it happens, it's usually a good thing. Yeah. But also, like, if you're not... If you're not well versed in it, maybe don't. Yeah. If you if you've never met a gay person in your life and don't know what a gay person would be like, you can just not write a gay person. Also, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, when I'm writing characters, I don't write uh, very many like Middle Eastern characters, and it's not not because like I don't like Middle Eastern people. It's because I don't think I've ever like had a conversation with a Middle Eastern person, and so I don't know, like, how... Like, they're people. They're just people. Mm-hmm. But there there are differences, and if I fuck something up, then I don't want to be, like... I, I don't want to fuck something up horribly, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you can't do it right, don't, don't do, do it at all. And it's now, okay. You can I, do I will that. say, I will say one thing. If you are going to make a game and you are going to add a character and you don't have a lot of experience with that particular type of, of person, do it. Just don't make it matter. 
Yeah. Like, it, you can it, do that, you too. Can, you, can, you can have Devram K be gay and move on. But the moment that you try to make that a plot point, you're going to botch it. Yes. Yeah. But... Um. I ba- basically this this was just me wanting to get off my chest the fact that like yes there are people out there who are trash but more importantly like there there does seem to be a proliferation of minority representation in gaming which is good but I think it's from a disingenuous place and I think especially it's not- with the bigger games I would say probably. Yeah. Because they're oh, yeah. still primarily <laughs> dominated by straight white dudes. Itch.io <laughs> doesn't have a straight game on it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all done well, these non-straight games. I Well, okay, most of the games are bad, but the good games are done well. <laughs> well, I mean, bad games are just bad, but that yes. doesn't mean that the representation is bad. Correct. Yeah, uh, that's what I meant. Like, yeah. Th- these are games are being made by people who understand the even if they're not gay themselves they have they an understanding of gay people i mean they usually are <laughs> they but are they, yeah <laughs> but they're uh, at least like strong allies or something right and so yeah. they've like actually had conversations with these people and have friends that are these people and so they can understand these people yeah. <laughs> And, so. and just to tie it back to, like, Joanne Rowling, you know, turf trash that she is, the reason people get so upset with the lack of representation in her shit is because it doesn't represent what the actual country looks like. Like, yeah. all of her characters in England are fucking straight white people, and it's... There's, like, one <laughs> Irish character named Seamus Finnegan? Yes. Like, Jesus Christ! There are more Irish people than that, and most of them are not so fucking (laughs) ridiculously Irish. Yeah, you could make an Irish person who has blonde hair and is named John. Like, (laughs) yeah, because there's Irish people out there who have blonde hair and their name is John. They don't have to be redheads with uh, (laughs) with a... The Chinese character is named Cho Chang. John... Cho Chang. Yeah. That sounds like a racist fucking imitation of how Chinese people talk. Yeah. You know? Ridiculous. That's what people get upset about. To be fair, there are Chinese people named Cho Chang. I mean, sure. It is a name. It is. But But... a white person shouldn't (laughs) be writing that name. Yes. All right, well... We've, we've gotten to the end. You've made it this far. Or perhaps I'm talking to nobody at this point. Ooh. Um, hey, share this with someone who likes rap. Because I like rap. But I like early rap. I don't like the... But I haven't gotten any good of the, the new stuff, so... I mean, uh, I like I some know. new stuff, but every time I get into some new stuff, it turns out that the person is like a, a shithead. Like yeah. that happened with a, a rapper I really liked. What was his name? He was working with Megan the the Stallion a, a lot. Um, you know, I can just look up a song real quick and I, I'll find the name of it. Okay, while you're doing that, yeah, share this with someone who likes rap and um, 
please, it would do us a wonderful service if you could rate us if you have that option and give us a review. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, um, I was really into the baby for a while, and then it turned out he was a turf shithead, and it's like, oh. What are you looking forward to for next week? Um, uh, I'm on vacation this week, Ooh. so I'm looking forward to not going to work and just chilling out and you know writing and playing games and hanging with my dogs. And okay, okay, yeah. I don't have a vacation for another two or three weeks, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment because we got to plan ahead for it. But what I'm looking forward to next week is, uh, and we're not even going to talk about it next week because we got other things to talk about, I think. I'm going to be playing Sword Art Online Infinity Moment for the PSP, and I'm yeah, excited. I was going to follow along with you with these games, but I'm not playing the PSP game. I'm not, oh. I'm not bringing out a PSP for Sword Art Online. You think I own a PSP? Also, also, uh, I'm pretty sure that Hollow Fragment is just a remake of Infinity Moment with extra shit thrown in. So. No, it's 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 uh, additional. It you can move uh, transfer game data from one to the other, but it it is a a separate game. Oh, from all from the stuff my I was reading said that it was a remake. Mm, from my research, it it said. It was, uh, it, it's set in the same timeline, um, but it is, it is separate. The, uh, the, the, there's Sword Art Online re-Hollow Fragment is the remake of, of a Hollow Fragment, which I believe is the one available. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. I'm not doing all that research right now. Yep. So yeah, share this with someone who likes rap. Uh, bye. We, we covered it, yeah. It was just goodbye. Thanks, yep. everyone.